Kane's Big Joe for Absolute Comfort, your trusted independent American Standard Air dealer. And owner Chris Wedekin sells the Mitsubishi Electric Mini Split, a great option for heating and cooling where ductwork can't be installed. If you have one of those homes that has baseboard heat or electric heat, ceiling cable heat, these can be specifically designed for those houses because in those houses it's very difficult to have them do all the construction and remodeling that goes with adding ductwork into those types of homes. Find out more by going to absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted independent American Standard Air Mitsubishi Electric Elite Ductless Pro Dealer. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here, and you know Casey get asked all the time, is there anyone in Indiana politics you like? Yeah, and, and what's the answer? Well, very few, but we do have one, and we found him, and we've reeled him into the studio. <laughs> the state treasurer for the state of Indiana, Daniel Elliott, joins us now. Daniel, how are you? I'm doing great, Rob. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So, uh, first of all, this is the question people ask a lot. What in the world do you do? What does the state treasurer do? Well, no, do you just no. count money all day? Is there a big vault? Are you like Scrooge McDuck? You swim around in gold coins? What do you do? Uh, answer the first question, no. Answer the second question, yes. The answer to the third question, no. So, in other words, no, I don't count money all day. There is a big vault. It is like the most popular attraction for uh, people who come visit the state house. And uh, no, I can't swim around in gold like Scrooge McDuck. I can barely swim in water. So He's just in a bathtub full of coins, yeah, right? Yeah, well, I have a question for you, Daniel. Yeah. Because you took Rob to some Hamilton County dinner thing, uh-huh. didn't you? Um, why? <laughs> I've been asking myself that many, many times. <laughs> no, actually, in fairness, um, I, I just... I guess I don't like uh, following the status quo. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, Rob and I... It, here's what really happened. This is actually the, the funniest part about this. Rob and I had actually been the previous year, at, we had sat at the same table. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, we just happened to be sitting at the same table. We, we were chatting, visiting. I had an extra spot. I said, hey, I should invite Rob Kendall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now, Rob's not wrong. You know, the, when, when I said that to some of my uh, political friends, they were like, oh, no, 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 that's a bad <laughs> idea. You're joking, right? And when they said that, I'm like, oh, now I have to. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, but you know, I didn't think he'd come. I'm like, hey, Rob, you want to come hang out with me at a, at a Lincoln Day? Which, let's be honest, they're not that exciting. Um, and he was like, uh, yeah. So let's we go. Came and hung out, and then we, uh, you know, we tried to throw spitballs at Micah, but he had better seats than we did. <laughs> oh, well. So Daniel Elliott, state treasurer, our guest. So again, what does the state treasurer do? It's a statewide office. It it's is. on our ballot every four years. What does that position do for the state of Indiana? So the state treasurer is the chief investment officer for the state of Indiana. So I am in charge of investing about 13 to $16 billion, depending on Billion on with a B. Billion with a B dollars of state assets. I also, and that's a, a constitutional uh, requirement. I also run what is basically called a, it is a, a bank. It isn't called the bank. It is called the treasurer's office. But the uh, it is, in essence, a bank where what are called warrants or checks can be cashed for whatever state needs happen. Um, and that means we transfer about a million dollars of money every day through different banks, 800000 to a million dollars daily. And then those are, those are constitutional offices. Um, the uh, other thing that we do that is um, what are called statutorial is I run about five different what are called quasi-governmental agencies. So I am in charge of something called the Indiana Bond Bank, which may sound boring to everybody else, but to those of us who are from local government, it's a critical tool to help local governments with financing. 
we, uh, the treasurer, and do not ask me why, Rob, I do not know, but the treasurer is in charge of the nine, state 911 program. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. They're the only ones, uh, the only treasurer in the entire country in charge of the state Wait, wait, wait. So when I call 911, not that I hope I ever have to, but in case Casey gets out of unruly or out of mm-hmm. hand and I got to call 911, you're in charge of that? Yes, but that also means if people call 911 on you, I'm in charge of that. <laughs> now, you said that the Treasurer's Department is in charge of investing state assets. Uh-huh. Uh, take us through that process. Like, you're the guy picking? So, I actually have portfolio managers. Um, so, my background is local government software engineer. And uh, so, yes, I, I people joke, I come from rural Indiana. Be, people jokingly call me the nerdy cowboy because, you know, I'm a, I'm a geek. <laughs> you know, there's a big old Millennium Falcon on my office in the, uh, in, at the State House. Um, but the, uh, the reality is, I have people who work for me who have been um, portfolio managers for, well, one of them has been a portfolio manager for 32 years. Mm-hmm. So they so they do that day-to-day work. Um, what we do is we go through and look at what are those assets that we can that we are going to be that we are going to be investing in. And, and they have and by law they have to be very strict. Uh, they we don't get to no Bitcoin. Sorry, Rob. Oh no Bitcoin. <laughs> no Bitcoin. No Bitcoin. But we do uh, invest in Treasury notes. Uh, mm-hmm. We do invest in commercial paper. And here's the reason why. Um, so the, Indiana has a beautiful system. So you know you have checks and balances with the executive, legislative, and judicial offices. But Indiana actually developed exe- um, a checks and balance within the executive branch. Uh, back in the day, we're talking about way in the beginning of, of the founding of our state. We had a governor who thought, oh, you know what? We're going to build all these canals all over the place. It's going to be great for the state. We're going to make tons of money. We're going to put bunches of money into this. Oh, it's kind of like we had the mayor of Noblesville on earlier. He wants to build uh, He wants to build a bunch of stadiums or a single stadium. Sort of the same thing, but it was canals back then. Well, it, it was definitely canals back then. And unfortunately, there's this thing called the steam engine that got invented right about the same time. Mm-hmm. So it was a disaster. Mm-hmm. And so the state uh, constitution was changed. And so the governor, of course, does the day-to-day managing state affairs. The treasurer takes the money, invests it while we're while we're waiting to spend it. And when we need to spend it, the auditor is actually the one who writes out those checks. Uh, the, so this is like this ultimate check and balance so that the governor can't just be throwing money at his at his buddies. Absolutely. And uh, and the and on the treasurer side, when that money is needed, it has to be there. So if we have if we have a million dollars invested, we can't lose it. We can't have nine hundred thousand. Um, we have to have a million dollars. That money has to be there. So when we invest, we have to make sure that we are liquid, that we have gotten a good yield. And this actually, and this is why I was interested in this role, because this role allows uh, is a it allows us to actually tax less. Because if we're investing wisely, then we have that money plus we have extra. Daniel Elliott, he is the state treasurer. He is our guest. All right, so uh, Casey's boyfriend, Vivek Ramaswamy, Mm. uh, she really (laughs) likes him because he has a big wallet. Mm -hmm. Um, He was in the news that Mm -hmm. InPurse, which is the public retirement program, right? right? Mm -hmm. They were coming under fire because the the amount of money they had paid his firm, and and I guess, you know, kind of by default him, to invest 
money. Is that fair for people to be critical of the amount? It was like $4,000 an hour or something like that. Is that yeah. Was that a fair criticism that people had that we were spending that much money for a rich guy to get richer? So in 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 that particular situation, I sit on the board of emperors. So I'm also, um, you know, one of the things that we were talking about. There's multiple quasi's that I am that I am in charge of, five twenty nine nine one one. But on emperors, that actually is I'm only one member of a board. That board itself. They had decided and, and created this contract with Strive even before actually I came into office, and so uh, that. But that contract was very specific to to um, look at a a specific new policy built built around ESG. And uh, for those who don't know what that is, it's uh, environmental social governance. It's a po- It's a. It's a policy that many corporations have put in place to to f- force entities and force investments to. Go in a certain political direction. Diversity, equity, and inclusion, I believe, is the. What what, you're that's one. For. That's on the governance yeah. side. Also on the environmental side, a lot. You know, they want to uh, divest from coal. They want to divest from mm-hmm. uh, uh, fossil fuels. They don't want the country to be energy independent. On the social side, they get involved with social issues like abortion and so forth. And so, you, this is this is literally this push. Now, emperors had wanted to create a new policy built around ESG, they had a straight-up contract. It wasn't a $4,000 an hour contract. That was just what their hourly rates could be. They had a straight-up flat contract. I know that's boring, but that is what they had. Now, on the on, on that side, that is... That's what they made that decision. The, you know, I had no say-so over that. But what I do have a say-so, and you bring up... ESG brings up a, a perfect point of having to fight on a bill that related to ESG. In other words, what we did is a bill was passed called House Bill 1008 that said we will not be using ESG policy for our investment purposes. We had to make that law because, frankly, and someone, this is where I'm going to make people mad. I'm probably going to make Rob oh, real, you real come, happy. Oh, you come to the right place, Daniel. You go for it, brother. Well, let's just put it this way. It's amazing to me when I got in here my first day in office, and I've only been in office five months, uh, my first uh, few days in office, how much bureaucrats control state government. <laughs> oh, no way! What? I know, I know, but but it's it, it, it really, truly is. And so when um, you know I got in, I had people tell me, well, you know, Treasurer Elliot, I hate when people call me Treasurer Elliot because I'm just Daniel. Um, Treasurer Elliot, you know, we probably need to study this issue. You probably shouldn't take such a strong stand on this. Maybe you should wait and and let's study this. It's like, uh, no, you know, investments should be focused on returns, pure and simple. The math is the math. I don't care if it's a million dollars, a billion dollars, or fifty dollars. Math is math. What's the best return, especially when we're talking about our public employees um, who have are depending on a pension to provide for their families? Uh, Daniel Elliott, state treasurer, guest. Couple minutes left here with him. This job, and I equate this to like a board of zoning appeals on local government. It's very important. Clearly, somebody has to do this job and do it well, and it's important they do it well. But it sounds incredibly boring. Why did you want this job? <laughs> so, like I said, I'm a bit of a geek. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I like numbers. I mean, I'm a software engineer by trade, so and there's elegance in the numbers. I have told people, yeah, I get it. This job is probably boring for most people, and I realize and I recognize, Rob, most of the stuff I do every day would put you to sleep. Yeah. But 
I love it. Um, I love the fact that, I mean, I, I literally get up early and stay late. Um, I love the fact that we get to help local government. Like one of the things I'm most proud of is we just passed, uh, um, we just had some legislation passed that allows local governments and rural hospitals to have some credit enhancement. This is something that I thought would take us years to get, in, uh, to get accomplished, and we got it done in a couple of months. I know it's boring. But you imagine being a rural hospital trying to compete against the likes of IU and and, uh, St. Vincent. I come from rural Indiana. I see the need. I see rural hospitals closing all the time. So for me, that is exciting. I know it's boring, but somebody's got to do the boring stuff. Might as well be me. Mm -hmm. Daniel Elliott, state treasurer, state of Indiana. My question, how often does the executive assistant for Eric Holcomb come ask for money out of petty cash? <laughs> uh, you know, they don't, they don't come to the office very often. Yeah, no, no, so. I bet they don't make it to your neck of the woods. Hey, if people want to learn more about what you do, because we could talk to you for a whole hour. Um, if people want to learn more about what you do, about you know how they can... Look, it's complex stuff, right? Is there a way? Is there, is there a, a, a platform, a brochure, a, a nice there, mailer? Now, again, I'm a software engineer, so it's a, it's a web. Website, oh, you know, perfect, because great. the nice thing is, you know, it's going to be updated frequently. TOS.IN.gov. Mm-hmm. TOS.IN.gov. TOS.IN.gov. You know, unfortunately, you're going to have to see my face, but scroll past that really quick, and you can actually get into the, all the all the nitty gritty details. Uh, and awesome, my door is open. Uh, you know, we have right next to the vault. <laughs> Right next to the vault. Actually, mm-hmm. the vault is in my office, uh, in in our office, and uh, kids come from uh, all over the state to come tour the vault. And uh, it's actually it's actually one of those one of the more enjoyable part of my days when we get homeschool kids or public school kids coming in. And I, if I'm there, I always try to take a few minutes to talk to them. I, I love this. Last time I tried to drop something off at the state house, I was told it would not serve Hoosiers well. I love this guy. This is a market improvement. Right. I think we should go get pictures. Taken next to gold bars in the vault. <laughs> well, there, Unfortunately, there's a few quarters. People seem to be leaving it like a wishing well. So that's not not a lot of money there, but it's still got a lot of history. And Daniel really Elliott, the state treasurer. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank we you. appreciate you. All right, see you later. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is full of things to manage: your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Trending this hour, actress Chalise Theron. She's threatening to blank up conservatives worried about drag queens sexualizing children. This happened during a portion of last Sunday's Drag Isn't Dangerous Telethon. She was filmed alongside several of her friends telling critics of drag to back off. We love you, queen. We love, love you, queen. corner and we've got you and I will anybody up who's like trying to with anything with you guys it's really in all seriousness there's so many things that are hurting and really killing our kids and we all know what i'm talking about right now and it ain't no drag queen because if you've ever seen a drag queen lip sync for her life yeah it only makes you happier it only makes you love more it makes you a better person if I could do a death drop right now, I would. But I would probably like break my hip. But and I yes! 
So my question is, what is she going to do? Pierce my eyes with her whitened teeth? Laser me with a side eye? Bump me with her Botox? And why do they need a telethon to raise money? Well, and this pains me because she was great in mm-hmm. Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are Kev's nodding along in approval. It's one of Kev's favorite shows. Uh, this is insane. And the idea that you want little children subjected to men who dress as women is also insane. And look, if you're an adult and you want to engage in that, then you're an adult and you can make those choices. And that's great on you and that's fine. But, but the keep I- our kids out of it. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the you are irate over the fact that little kids will mm-hmm. not be subjected to this is just the whole world has gone insane, Casey. Also trending this morning, the 58th Annual Academy of Country Music Awards. They were last night, hosted by Dolly Parton and Garth Brooks. Let's look at some of the winners. Entertainer of the Year went to Chris Stapleton. Female Artist of the Year, she was just in town with Luke Combs, Lainey Wilson. Male Artist of the Year was Morgan Wallen. And Group of the Year went to Old Dominion. And finally, here's Joe Biden being creepy he has a bunch of children at an event in the rose garden and he's asking the boys about their ties and he's asking young girls if they're hot well i'll tell you what looking at the guys up front here having to put on ties when you're on a school day that's a hard thing to do and all you lovely young ladies it's not you're not hot are you So here's something to note during this event. The Biden administration had the press corps stand at the very back, thus ensuring no questions would be asked. And this event was held just hours before Title 42 ended. So, again, all all costs to protect Joe Biden. It's 24 minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And there's a new poll out that says Donald Trump was leading DeSantis in Florida. In the home state, Trump backers are uh, backing him 42 percent compared to Ron DeSantis getting 34 percent. Wait, 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 wait. I don't need to make sure I'm hearing you correctly. <laughs> Donald Trump, who is running for president, yeah. is beating a guy who's not running for president. Correct. OK, I just want to make sure I heard that. And this is a news. This is a news story. Mm-hmm. American Greatness released the poll. Now, of course, it is of some interest because it is Florida. But. Look, again, I just find it fascinating that people in the Trump orbit are obsessed with, look at how bad DeSantis is doing in the thing he's not running for. <laughs> right. Give the guy a month. If Trump is still up by 15 points on the guy after a month of running for president, then okay. It's probably not going to work out too well for DeSantis. But at this point, again, the guy has not even said I'm running for president and by all accounts hasn't totally even made up his mind. And they meant it's still not going to come for a few more weeks if, in fact, he does do it. So there was this other poll from Morning Consult, and they found out that Donald Trump is very favorable. A lot of people like him. Two Republicans. Two Republicans, 79 percent. Yes. Which is quite, I mean, that's a majority. That's a huge number. And his unfavorable numbers are decreasing over time. So it's like this guy, he's just getting better, according to people. Well, it is interesting that no matter what um, Trump does, amongst Republican voters, it doesn't seem to matter. And I was on with Hammer and Nigel yesterday on Off the Rails, and we were talking about the town hall. And I am amazed at how it used to be the Republicans were the party of accountability. 
and or well, I mean, the actual elected officials were not, but the people in the Republican Party. And with Trump, it just doesn't seem to matter. Like he can just flat out lie right to your face and say, I completed the wall. Uh, no. And yet, I mean, I, the, I thought the ca- comments yesterday in our YouTube chat were hilarious yesterday because we had the audacity to point out areas where he just made factually incorrect statements that were easily disprovable. My favorite one was, you're digging your own grave. It won't be long for you now, Rob. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it is like no matter what this guy does or doesn't do. People or, defend him and stand like, by him. And to me, it is just mind-boggling that any politician would get that sort of of just free pass but with trump there's people who are just so into it that well what's the difference i mean trump lies to you and at least it's entertaining biden lies to you and you know he's lying to you it's like he doesn't even believe it i mean the trump stuff and we got into this yesterday and off the rails the trump covid stuff was so egregious you know, the printing of the money, the emboldening of Fauci, the promoting of masks, the promoting of the vaccine. Uh, and yet, when any other person does this, I mean, look, there, without Trump's bribe money, there is no Holcomb shutting down the state. And yet people, well, he, what other choice did he have? Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't know what he was doing. Nobody would have known in that position. Yeah, a liberty and freedom-minded person would have known because you don't change your convictions and principles based on, you know, some fluid moving thing in front of you. And ultimately, in which it was proven that all the stuff that the government did didn't help at all, and it's crushed. It's really crushed society. And yet, he doesn't get blamed on that either. It's like the people: inflation, inflation, inflation. It's all Biden's fault. Well, no, it's not. Trump printed as much money as Biden did, and yet with Trump, well, what else was he to do? So I find that fascinating that there is almost, at this point, nothing that Trump can do that people will go, yeah, that's kind of messed up. Well, you mentioned liberty-loving people, and Ron DeSantis was one of those guys, and he did not shut his state down for the duration that happened here in Indiana. But according to this morning consult poll, Ron DeSantis's favorability is going down as well. He lost a point, but you know who else lost a point? or two, Mike Pence. Two guys who have not officially announced they're running for president, yet we're seeing how much we like them. What, Casey? You mean if you're not (laughs) competing in something and the other guy is competing and Mm -hmm. he just beats the heck out of you all Mm -hmm. day, people might think less of you? What? But you know who is going up, who is gaining, and gaining strongly, actually, for really not doing a whole lot on the national scale, and that is Nikki Haley. Oh, She's up, what, seven points. And you know who enjoys just an un, ex, indescribable level, level of favorability? If there was a poll, it would probably be 99.8%. Mm-hmm. And the only person who would give him a no is John Herrick. It's Kurt Darling, <laughs> and he's up next with the news. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. 317-684-8444. That's the phone number if you'd like to contribute. It is 1034 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So earlier this week we had Indiana Rep Becky Cash on with us. And a lot of people still have many comments and thoughts about that. Yeah, I've been so pleasantly surprised at the people that are fired up about this. Because usually we're like... 
give us the Mount Rushmore of your three, four favorite things at Taco Bell, and it's three weeks worth of phone calls. Hey, this life-altering thing happened, and we get one. Mm-hmm. And in this case, people have really been fired up about that interview because I think it, look, it's one thing for us to say it. Right. It's one thing for us to tell you every day because I know I work there. I know how the system operates. I know how the people there operate. And so it's one thing for us to say, look, these people don't read anything. They don't understand anything. They do whatever the party leadership tells you. It's one thing for me to say it. It's one thing for another person to come in here and basically say the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I, hey, look, it only took six years, but it appears people are probably like, okay, well, she said it, so it must be right. And they're really fired up to talk about how poor she made the representation in the House and, and Senate look. And so we got we continue to get, days later, lots of phone calls about that. You guys had Becky Cash on the show the other day, and one of the things that she said was that people need to be calling in and sending emails to let the senators and representatives know what the people are thinking. Well, I called my senator, Michael Kreider, and my representative, Mitch Gore, many times, and I've sent those guys many emails over the last three or four years, and I have not heard a single word back from either one of those guys. They never write back. I'm not voting for those guys again. Hmm. Well, Mike Kreider is a complete loser and total zero, so I feel bad you're represented by him. It's not anything better than I have with John Crane out in uh, Hendricks County, but uh, you pat on the back there for being subjected to that. This is why I said you can't you can't try to talk to them anymore. The time for talking is over. You got to beat them at the ballot box because they do not care. I mean, look, we mentioned John Crane, one of his now former aides told me in front of a group of people. Oh, yeah. He told us directly not to respond to you. But wait a second. Mm -hmm. I'm a constituent. Like he is supposed to. No, he told us directly. No matter what you send, do not respond to you. These are the dirt balls that represent us down at the state house. They do not like you. You are an annoyance to them. You are merely an obstacle to whatever donor or lobbyist or special interest group they're trying to appease. You have to vote them out. The time for talking over. I keep thinking about the Genesis song, No Reply at All. No <laughs> Reply at All. But I was surprised that she said that she had not heard from people. She said during that interview that she was not hearing from people. And yet every single day we get phone calls like that. I contacted my rep and I didn't get a reply. No reply at all. Yeah, I, look, I mean, the whole system is fundamentally flawed because... Well, and we have created the fundamental flaw because we have given them their super majorities. There was a time where I think these people used to be somewhat responsive to public input because they feared losing. We have created the environment by which they don't fear losing. Uh, a lot more phone calls. What's next? Yeah, I just want to put a quick comment for the uh, intellectual political juggernaut called and said Rob should have given that representative mentorship. <laughs> well, I've never even been in politics, but I can give a little bit of mentorship right now. And I got it from the old uh, Flintstones movies from the 1990s. Here it is. The best piece of advice you can give a uh, freshman representative. Only an idiot signs something before reading it. That's all. <laughs> That's true. I remember that lady called. So what he's referencing is a lady called yesterday Mm -hmm. and was basically making me out to be the bad guy because we talked about the things that she talked about 
And I should have, I guess, the radio guy who makes $0 to be a state rep should bend toward the lady who makes $60,000 a year to be a state rep. Well, I think there was a little bit of empathy going on there for Becky Cash because during that interview, she admitted that she was learning. She's learning on the job. Give her two more years. She'll learn even more. And then that person had called and said, well, Rob, you should do the right thing and mentor them. Okay, here, let me, I'm going to... Why is that your job? Well, let me let me try. Let me try. Let's you know because we're busy wa- mentoring everyone else. Well, we want to make everybody happy that listens, and so let me try this and let me see if I make this woman. Because I thought about this yesterday as as I was at my other job, which I have to work thanks to all the Republican tax increases, and uh, you know I, I thought about maybe a way I could handle that and try to make this lady happy. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Please, Becky. <laughs> Please, next time, read the bills before voting on them. Please, Becky. Please understand what you're voting on before you cast votes. Please, Becky, please, next time, don't vote against your constituents just because your one special interest item that you desperately wanted got approved. Please, Becky, think of us next time. And thank you, Becky. Thank you for not understanding what you were doing, despite the fact that you had an entire year and you made $60,000. Okay, well, Did I do the, it better? Yeah, you was did. That, better? That, that was great. Was that good? That was great. You behaved well. Was that better mentoring? But that's the thing. She probably did read the voucher part. Oh, you darn because betcha. Because that was her thing. That was her issue. Yes. But that's the problem. When you have a state rep who only has one issue that they're focused on, it's very narrow-sighted. They're not representing everybody. Yes. Uh, And then, speaking of which, we did get another lady who was very upset at me for not being nicer to Becky Cash. Okay. Hey there. I just listened to the interview with Becky Cash, and I actually went back and listened to it a couple of times because I just wanted to hear everything that she said. And, well, first of all, I think you and Hammer roasted her pretty hard after the interview, which probably is not going to make other people willing to come on your show. Now, I'm not going to say that I'm happy with everything that she said, but it just proves how corrupt the system is and that it's all set up by lawyers who can weave in tons of legalese to make anything completely unreadable by a normal person. I didn't gather that Becky was a lawyer So I don't think a normal person could probably go in there and decipher everything that there is to read. If you started reading right now and read every single page of what these guys put together, besides what they put together at the last minute, which they do, and they hold back, and I'm sure that that's absolutely intentional, it would be impossible I do understand her wanting something to hang her hat on, and if the people in her district really wanted the voucher system expanded and those people were vocal about it, at least she can hang her hat on that one issue. Now, I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying it sucks. I'm saying the only solution is to vote out every single incumbent, mostly burn it all to the ground and start over. Okay, so see, this lady, you're going to—this is woman speak here, so you're going to have to help me because— as most, most times in my life, I was told I was completely wrong, but then she agreed with me. Right. So help. 
I'm just as confused as you are. Okay, so yes, the lawyers speak. Becky Cash admitted some of the tax code stuff. She doesn't understand that. It's difficult. That's why you have to take your time. You have to reread it. And if it takes multiple times to get through it and have a dictionary sitting by so you get it, that's what you have to do. That's what you're getting paid for. Um, Why are you and Hammer, I guess you went off the rails and probably did something about this. Why are you and Hammer um, the bad guys for pointing that out? Well, and this and and the, uh, you're not. The, well, the issue here is if you don't understand it and you still vote for it, you are enabling the very system that you claim to be against. The reason they do this and the reason they buffalo uh, rank and file members over is because they know the members won't stand up to them. If all the members, because I believe Becky's a very honest person that that's exactly what the Senate did, as she described it, in which the Senate, I mean, I think that's the major thing that came out of here, is that the Republican senators here in Indiana are actively working against the taxpayers. Like, they're actively working against the taxpayers and on behalf of special interest donors, lobbyists, whatever you want to call them. Um, But if you don't read it or you don't understand it, you have to vote no on it. You're enabling this system you claim to be against Mm -hmm. by voting for the thing that allow that you're allowing them to do the thing. Yeah. If if everybody had had raised their hand and said, "No, no, 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 we're not doing that," you you know, I think the most egregious thing they did was the school funding formula thing, where they had months to do this. None of them read it. They didn't understand it. They just went along with whatever Rod and Todd, the Flanders boys told him to vote on and then at the very end they finally put the numbers up at 1 a.m and they go oh shoot my school district's gonna get crushed can't do that so they sprint back behind closed doors in a caucus because mm-hmm. they don't have the, the the cojones to do it out in public and then they come back out and go hey we, we, we found the money yeah we got 300 million where'd the money come from well we took it out of the pension the pension fund which was such a high priority to pay down yeah they um these people are gross. They're gross. But then in the end, she's like, they should all be voted out, which is exactly what I said. Yeah, that that is exactly what you have said, what that lady said on that phone call. But she also said, you know, the voucher system, Becky Cash wanted that expanded. She got what she wanted. But then she also said she's not hearing from her constituents to know what they want. So was that what she wanted? Or was that what people in her district wanted? Great question. And look, here's the deal. And we got to get to breaks. Hammer's up next. We were very nice to her when she was here, just like we were very nice to the mayor of Noblesville when he was here, just like we were very nice to Dan Elliott when he was here. Difference is I agree with most of the things Dan Elliott said, so I don't have much to rip him on. The mayor of Noblesville, and I told him on the way to the elevator, out the door. And well, we kudos had, to him. He yeah, was confident. He, he had conviction. He's clinically insane. He for, was informed. He, but we're not, we're not going to change what we think just because he came in here and told us the thing we disagree with. And we had a nice little chuckle about it. And I don't live in Noblesville, so whatever. Those people are going to pay $36.5 million or whatever it's going to be for that stadium for the Pacers minor league team. And he can spend it however he wants. And look, he's the mayor. The people got a problem with it, they can unelect him. But I'm not going to lie to his face and go, just because you're in here, oh, oh I think that's you're great. Right. That's a great I think idea. that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. No, that would be that would be the biggest disservice to our audience, to, to him. And he knew what he was getting into. You and he called was, it a monstrosity. It and is. he pointed out his points of why he disagrees exactly. with you. And then everybody and, parted ways. And Becky is fine. And if I see her on the street, I'll be happy to wave and smile at her. Now, the difference is what she does does affect me because she's an Indiana state rep. Mm-hmm. And she actually represents part of Brownsburg. But she's a big girl. We're not going to, just because you came in here, we're not going to stop saying the things we think. All right, Hammer's next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 
Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hammer joins us in the studio. So yesterday, Senator Todd Young was in northern Indiana. He was ripping on Biden. He said the Biden administration consistently fails to prioritize security at the border. But yesterday, he also, what do you call it, disendorsed, anti-endorsed, unendorsed Trump? And you and Nigel had a lot of comments about that. Well, this is probably the best endorsement Donald Trump could get is Todd Young not endorsing him. Now, listen, I have not been as critical as you have, Rob, on Senator Young, but to come out there and basically flame Donald Trump and not commit to voting for the Republican nominee, because he didn't just say, you know what, I'm for DeSantis, but if he's not the guy, I'll vote for the Republican nominee. If it's Tim Scott, if it's Nikki Haley, if it's Donald Trump, he didn't say that. He went out of his way to make it look like he was embarrassed and ashamed of Donald Trump. And if you are, that's fine. You know, welcome to the party, Bal. There are some people that are. <laughs> but you're also a Republican senator. And I just don't think that that's a proper look. The people that voted for you one year ago, had you came out and said that before then, would you be in the position that you're in right now? It's easy for him to say it now because he just won re-election. Yeah, and what's up with this Ukraine fetish that all mm-hmm. these Republican senators have? Like, I, I think behind closed doors, Young dresses up like Zelensky or something. Right, because, I puts mean, the is... lipstick on and dances the single ladies like the video that we saw <laughs> Zelensky doing. Mm-hmm. It's very weird, isn't it? I mean, that, that that's what sets you off. It's not inflation. You know, It's not all these things that are harming Americans. You're... you're top concern is Ukraine. And you can be concerned about it, but it sounds like it's the only thing that he's concerned about. And he keeps signing these ridiculous spending bills. And I know this is in your wheelhouse, Rob, thus the Duke of Spendingburg, um, (laughs) and just kind of doesn't give a damn about anything else right now. But you get the government that you elect, and here we are. You said there was something yesterday on Off the Rails that I said that uh, you would like to expand on. So, yeah, we had a short amount of time yesterday with Off the Rails, but we were talking about inflation. Yeah. Inflation numbers came out, and you were rolling on your anti-Trump rant yesterday. You were like a mini Todd Young yesterday. (laughs) Very small, very petty version of Todd Young. (laughs) And you basically, on our show, blamed Donald Trump for all of the inflation problems that were happening right now. And do I have this correct? Well, I don't think I blamed him for all of them, but I think I said he's a major role in it because the printed money is the printed money. And the reality is that Trump printed far more money than Biden printed. So how do we not, how does Trump escape blame in the process? Okay, so perhaps it came off the wrong way. It sounded like you were blaming Trump for everything because when I look at Joe Biden and the ridiculous crap that he's put through and the money he's giving to Ukraine and these ridiculous spending bills, the green dream, as Pelosi once called it, before ultimately everybody signed off on it, you can't say that Joe Biden doesn't have his footprints all over what's happening now. When you go to the grocery store, fill up your gas tank, when you travel, you try to buy airline tickets, get a rental car, every single thing that you do right now has Joe Biden's failures all over. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But it's like filling up a swimming pool. You can say this guy was in office when the pool overflowed, but it's all the water that went into the pool before. And let's face it, even pre-COVID. But all the water is not Trump. 
Right. I don't think all Inflation the water Reduction is Trump. Act, no, no, no. But, but, spending but, 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 but like Trump and Biden have combined to add, I mean, it's some amazing number. Like one third of our entire national debt has come under these two, or I think it may even be more than that. It's a staggering amount of money. And Trump was adding staggering amounts of money to the national debt pre-COVID. Had Trump won a second term, let's just say that, you know, he survived COVID and he got a second term. Do you think the inflation numbers would be the same right now as they would if he were the president? I don't think they'd be quite as bad because he wouldn't have done that final stimulus in March of 2021, which was kind of the the last straw. But it would have happened inevitably because you can't sustain $30 trillion of national debt. Well, also, he wouldn't have ended drilling. So gas prices wouldn't be as high. I don't think the American public, and that's a great point, I don't think the American public would be feeling the burn, so to speak, had he received his second term. Gas prices would mm-hmm. be down. I think you'd have better in, you know, transportation situations, mm-hmm. supply chain situations. All of that factors into what's happening right oh, now. Oh, and I agree. Like, again, I'm not Todd Young. I've said many times, if it's an orange peel or a burrito from Taco Bell, I'll vote for it over, <laughs> over Biden. What I'm saying is these the, in, the Trump's an infallible person people really perplex me because he does these things, and it's like, because he did them, well, that doesn't count. Right. There's a difference between being a Trump cheerleader but blaming Trump for all of this crap. What's coming up this afternoon on your number one rated show? Man, we're going to have a good time. We'll bring you the biggest news of the day with our opinions, but it's Beer Sample Friday, and we're going to have fun. Thanks, Hammer, and happy Mother's Day to Crystal Hammer. Thank you. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.